Welcome to the 266th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Steph Green, best-selling paranormal romance and dark fantasy author. Stay tuned for the interview. And one programming note, this interview was originally recorded last year in 2019. Stay tuned for the interview. This episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast is brought to you by Libro.fm. Libro.fm is the first and only company which lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. Support your favorite local bookstore and you can pick from more than 125,000 audiobooks including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know who I'm talking about. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports your local bookstore. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out the recommendations and curated list from the people who know audiobooks best, your local bookseller. There's a special offer now. For reading and writing podcast listeners, get three audiobooks for the price of one, $14.99, with your first month of membership. Just use the code RWPODCAST. Again, that's Libro.fm, purchasing audiobooks from your local bookstore, and use the code RWPODCAST. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Steph Green. Steph is a USA Today bestselling writer. She writes paranormal romances under the name Stephanie Holmes. She's also the author of six dark fantasy novels under the name S.C. Green and a post-apocalyptic urban fantasy series, Chronicles of the Wraith, that are co-written with Lindsay Lukes. Steph, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Well, if someone hasn't heard about Shunned, your latest novel that will be published in a couple of weeks, how would you describe the novel? Oh, so I'm very, very excited about Shunned, um, which is coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, it is so the way I was ta- I've been talking about it is it's basically Cruel Intentions uh, mixed with H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. So it's a uh, what we're kind of calling a, a bully romance story, which is kind of like an enemies to lovers romance, but set in, in a school. So there's kind of a, a, a bullying aspect. Um, but this is a very creepy, very different kind of school. Um, yeah, and it's it's been a lot of fun to write. It's the fastest novel I've ever written. I, I wrote it in three weeks. Um, but yeah, I'm super, super excited about it. Great. And do you remember the original idea that led you to writing, Sean? Oh, it was it was literally that I was thinking about. I've, I've been reading a, a lot of H.P. Lovecraft lately, um, and I was thinking about writing this one of these kind of bully books um, set in a in a in a school. But I was I kind of didn't really have a a hook beyond that. And then I suddenly thought, well, why don't I mash the two things together? And I've always wanted to write a book that was kind of inspired by the Cthulhu mythos. So it's it's really cool to be able to combine the two things. Great. Um, well, you're a prolific writer, as, as I kind of mentioned at the outset. What, orig- what originally led you to writing fiction, and, and what was your experience like in publishing your first novel? 
So um, I, you know, like most writers, I always was always interested in, you know, from a very young age, I was writing stories and telling stories and things like that. Um, originally, I wanted to be an archaeologist, uh, but because I'm actually legally blind, so I'm quite kind of struggle a lot with you know vision related jobs which is kind of a large part of what archaeology is so I went to university to do that but I couldn't find any work and I was kind of looking at well maybe this is not the career choice for me what am I going to do um, and the, the obvious answer to that was I you know I love writing so maybe I should have a go at trying to be a writer and Writing is something that, you know, I sit by my computer and I do it and no one can kind of tell me that I can't do it because I can't see. So um, that was really appealing to me. So I, I did what any self-respecting millennial would do because um, I didn't really know how to how to actually how writers actually earned a living or anything like that so I just googled how to make a living as a writer and I tried to do everything that that Google told me to do so I started off sort of about 10 years ago I was just kind of pitching articles to magazines and I had this vampire kind of vampire romance novel that I'd written in university and I polished it up and I sent it off to um editors and agents and did that for a while um and I worked with the first series that I self-published um I actually worked with an editor at one of the big five houses for quite a long time I think it was about five years um and they were gonna uh, I had a publishing deal um but then the editor of that publishing house um what happened? She retired, and they used her retirement to cut her list down. And so, about half of her books on her list got cut, and I was one of the people that got cut. And I was kind of looking at at this was sort of five years of effort to get to that point, and I was looking at having to start all over again, and it was just depressing. <laughs> uh, and it, yeah, it's just yeah, it was just crushing. Um, and at the same time, that was when a lot of authors like Hugh Howie and Amanda Hocking and Mark Dawson were kind of talking in the media about how they were self-publishing their books and they were making all this money and they were going directly to the readers and, you know, working with Amazon and everyone was reading them on the Kindle and it was all super exciting. And also I just got myself a Kindle um, around that time and it was really awesome for me because because obviously I struggle to see um just being able to read on a kindle and kind of enlarge all the print was just and, and also um because i have to hold when i read i have to hold a book really close to my face um like kind of like right on my nose and if you if you read really thick books your arms get really tired and so being able to read on a kindle and not have like you yeah, not have to hold up if it's super heavy book all the time was just it's just awesome so I was like yeah the Kindle's great so um so I thought well I'll give the self-publishing a go so I published uh the Engine Ward series which is um one of my dark fantasy books um series um sort of one a year I think it was 2003 2014 2015 2016 I think I published those yeah, in mid mid two thousand and fifteen, I published my first paranormal romance. Um, basically, just 
a friend sort of it was sort of at a party a friend told me that she didn't think I could ever write a romance um because I was we were talking about 50 shades of gray and I was saying oh it's a bit not, not super big fan of the books and she was saying well you can't write one so I thought well you know I'll give it a go so I wrote one I, I wrote a paranormal romance uh, completely in secret, um, published it under the secret pen name, um, Stephanie Holmes. I didn't even tell my husband about it. And then it, it sold really, really well. I think it sold about a thousand copies in the first week. And wow. I sh- yeah, <laughs> and I just went, whoa, okay. <laughs> um, and so I frantically, and it was so much fun to write. And so I sort of frantically finished the second book in the series and put that out about three weeks later and it just kept selling. And I, I kept thinking, oh, Amazon's going to call me and they're going to tell me they've given me someone else's royalties. And it's, you know, this, this just can't be true, but um, they never called me. And I had sort of had to tell my husband, or well, you know, I've kind of made all this money this month, but it wasn't off of my super serious science fiction books that I was sort of selling about. 10 copies a month off of them those ones before um but i was like well it's actually off these these sort of, sort of secret pen name that i've got and he said well <laughs> he's kind of cracking up laughing but he also said you know well are you going to write some more and i thought well yeah they're, they're heaps of fun so i will keep writing them and that's exactly what i've been doing <laughs> and um so how has self-publishing worked for you i mean obviously you mentioned you know, selling a thousand in the first week. What's the process been like for you? And are are you still um, enjoying it? And is it still working for you? Um, you know, as as an author financially, and you know, just in terms of getting your books out there. I absolutely love it. I am so happy. Um, <laughs> I actually I was able to quit my my day job that I had. Um, February last year, so I'm at sort of just over one year uh, writing full time for myself, um, earning really earning awesome money. Um, it's amazing being able to because I can, I can publish as quickly as I want to. Um, I've got a really good process in place now, so I've got you know I've got my editor on call, I've got my cover designer, I've got my, my husband who's my beta reader, and so everyone works in this this really tight system. Um, so I can just get books out and I can talk directly to my readers, and it's just it's so much fun, um, and it's just so amazing, and it's such a great opportunity for 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 authors, for any authors, and especially people like me that yeah we're kind of really struggling to find an audience um in traditional publishing and then you know discovering that actually our people are out there buying buying ebooks you know directly from us it's just it's super cool that's great well i wanted to circle back for a moment because you talked about um your vision and that you're legally blind i wonder what's what's the writing process for you do you do you um, use a regular laptop and are you able to expand the type? Is that how you work? Um, so what I do is I have, I have a really snazzy setup. Um, I, have a, I have a laptop computer, which I use for traveling, but it's sort of not ideal because I look so close to the screen, I kind of hunch over it a bit. So I have that plugged into a beautiful, big, um, curved, fancy screen, um, which is on a stand, so it sits right in front of my face as I as I sit at my desk and it, and it kind of to other people it would look like a crazy place to put a screen but it's, it's exactly perfect for me and basically my nose practically touches the screen um and I have a I have a 
beautiful mechanical keyboard that kind of goes clackety clack um and that's really nice so i do that um and then i also reverse the contrast on the screen because a lot of my eye condition is about um i struggle to see in in kind of bright light and glare um really affect me so i have a high contrast setting so instead of a white background with black uh text i have a black background with white text which cuts down on the glare on the screen so i do that um and i have a super dark kind of library slash office so that so there's not much light that comes in which is yeah light's not the best thing it was yeah gotcha. direct light's not the best thing yeah um and so i know that some of your novels such as shun that we were talking about are categorized as reverse harem romance novels for those listeners who may not have heard of reverse harem um how would you explain that that concept (laughs) (laughs) so um so reverse harem is really fascinating it's kind of come into its own as a almost as a subgenre of romance and maybe really only the last two to three years um and what it is is it is it's a romance story um with a with a female uh lead character except instead of having a romance with one person she has a romance with with several several men so usually um, in order to be categorized as a reverse harm it would be three or more uh, men so it's kind of like the idea is kind of taking sort of harem stories which are quite sort of relatively common in fantasy books aimed at men where the, the where the male protagonist kind of collects a whole bunch of different women that are kind of in his harem almost um and they you know they all know each other know, know the other people exist um but they all kind of get along famously or maybe there's a bit of tension but um they're all sharing the one the one guy and so reverse that's the reason it's called reverse harem because it's that same trope but reversed so um yeah so so the um female protagonist has um all these men who um absolutely worship her and the whole thing is all about yeah just basically uh the hashtag for the genre is why choose you know why have a love triangle why why should you know why should Katniss have to choose between Peter and um Gail um from Hunger Games and why couldn't she have them both so that's kind of what it's all about <laughs> and, and so what do you think drives the appeal of that um I think it I think it's a, a really fun kind of wish fulfillment thing um and it, it's you know so much of romance is about just kind of escaping the drudgery if you will of of everyday life and a lot of them are kind of if you've got five guys around you know one of them might be an awesome chef um you know one of them might be really great at massages you know one of them might you know it might be really fun to go out and you know take you out dancing or something like that so you've always got you kind of got someone that fulfills every single need and i think if you're you know, you're at home and you're reading a, a romance book and the kids are running everywhere and um, the dishes aren't done and no one ever thinks about taking you dancing. And, you know, I think there's, there's kind of an appeal in that. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, well, you mentioned earlier that you you um, write rather quickly in terms of uh, the Stephanie Holmes novels that you started writing. Um, what writing tips or tricks do you have for writers who may be listening who want to write more or write faster? Okay. Um, so I've been kind of 
learning to write faster over the last sort of three to four years. And when I first started writing the romances in 2015, I had a, I had a day job and I had, I think I, moved to another day job which and then another day job which were all, all even more demanding um so i was learning to write fast around like around those commitments um and that's kind of that's kind of helped a lot when i when i quit so when i quit i was able to you know kind of double or triple the amount i could write in a day just because i already had the the practice down so um I will often write with a timer, so I set the timer for 20 minutes and I will write and um, just focus on writing during that time and it kind of tells my brain, don't look at Facebook, you know, don't read that article, just write. And that, I find that really helps to just kind of focus you for have 20 minutes of focus and then after 20 minutes I have a little break and then I go back and do another 20 and I try to do that. Um, when I had my day job, um, I would write on the bus. On I had, I had a 45-minute bus ride each way, and so I'd take out my computer and I'd kind of lean against the side of the bus and I would write um, there and back, and I would usually get 1,500 to 2,000 words every day, just like that. And, you know, 2,000 words a day, if you can do that, that's a book every kind of two to three months, just like that. Um so I do that. Uh, the other thing I do is um, I'm not really – well, I used to think I wasn't an outliner, so i kind of a bit of a seat-of-your-pants writer, and I don't like to write a detailed outline of a book because I feel like if I've written the outline, I don't need to write the book because I know what happens, so the fun's kind of gone. Um, but what I've realized that I actually do is I actually do write an outline, but the outline is just the first draft of the book. So I write a super-fast first draft um, of a 70,000 word book the draft will be about the first draft will be about fifteen to 20,000 words so it's super bare bones kind of thing and it literally just is you know dividing the book into chapters and kind of writing vague dialogue and vague sort of action scenes and um, so the sort of the emotional journey of the characters just in really vague terms often it's just it's literally just dialogue and nothing else and then once I've done that that cut that pours out of me really fast and in a few days or sort of five days or a week and when I after I finish that I go back and I fill in all the the details and make it really pretty and kind of make it all work um but having that doing that super fast outline means that I can go back and spend time making everything quite pretty but I know exactly I don't I know exactly what's going to happen so I don't go down any weird tangents or take it off in a strange direction or anything like that yeah and is that a process that you've developed over time yes it absolutely is um when I first wrote the engine ward series um that was all done I, I didn't really have an outline and a lot of the time i would write sections and then realize that they were further back in the book or swap them around or things like that and that's why those books took sort of five years to, <laughs> to write <laughs> each instead of the the um one to two months that it takes me now gotcha um so are you working on a new novel now I am always working on a new novel. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, so I have a series which is my most popular series, uh, which is called the Nevermore Bookshop Mysteries, and it's a reverse harem 
the series. It's it's kind of like a cosy mystery, except that it's quite steamy, so it's not a cosy mystery. Um, and the main character um, basically ends up working. Huh. Still there? Are, are you? Yep, I'm yep, here. Yep, I can hear you. Okay, that was weird. Okay. Uh, do I just keep? Do I just keep going? Yep, just keep going. Yep, I can hear you. Okay, sorry. Um, and the main character ends up working in uh, a bookshop, uh, and it's a little bit like uh, Black Books, uh, the TV show, uh, except that instead of having Bernard Black as the the, the bookshop proprietor, it's um, Heathcliff from Wuthering Heights, and uh, James Moriarty from... Sherlock Holmes, um, he lives in the flat upstairs, and so does uh, the Raven from Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven, who's a, a shapeshifter. A shapeshifter, sorry. Um, so she's got this this harem of these fictional characters that have come to life, and they don't know why they've come to life, and they have to solve different murder mysteries. And there's also an overarching mystery of what's happening in this bookshop and why is it cursed and um, who Mina's father is and all these, these things. It's, it's the most fun series to write. Um, and so I'm just, I've just released book three in that series, which is called uh, Pride and Premeditation and book four, which is called Memoirs of a Garota is, um, is what I'm working on at the moment. Um, and I've just finished, I'm just, I'm just finishing the, the rough draft and then I'm going to start going back and tidying it up and making it pretty. Sure. So outside of, um, writing fast and writing, you know, uh, in genres that obviously there's a, there's a, um, demand for such as the reverse harem and, um, and your other work, uh, are there other things that you're doing in terms of self-publishing to, um, to help drive sales? Are you doing any marketing or advertising? Um, so up until this year, I haven't done a lot of advertising and things like that. Like I, so I have a newsletter, um, mm-hmm. like a mailing list right. it's at the back of all my books and, you know, people sign up. And so I'm always sending, I'm sending those out every, um, usually only when I have a new release, but because that's every, every month or so it's, yeah, it's quite a lot. Um, so I have the newsletter um, and I have a Facebook group which has got about a thousand readers in it and I just kind of go and hang out on there. So those are things I've been doing for, for a while and I will, you know, every few months I'll put the first book in one series on sale for free or for 99 cents or things like that. And I had a few book bubs um, on my books, like my old back catalogue, which is wide um, over the years. So apart from all that stuff, um, I haven't really done, like I don't really do Facebook ads or um, AMS ads or anything like that. And it was kind of my goal this year to learn how to do those things. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying and testing things, but I haven't really found it to be very beneficial. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure if I'm just, just not, quite getting it right yet or if I need to throw more money at it or if um, it's just you know just not going to really be part of my part of my system but I've I I find that I have found over the years that honestly the best marketing is just putting out another book so yeah putting out another book so I sort of just focusing on that just trying to get all my ideas down really fast and get books out faster while still making sure that you know, they're there at the quality that my readers expect and, you know, that 
they're good enough that people want to read them. And yeah, yeah. Right. So I know that uh, your books are available on Kindle. Do you also make them available um, as paperbacks as well? Yes. Um, yep. I've been a little bit slack about doing all my books as paperbacks because sure. it's just one of the things I sort of f- forget about. Right, right. Um, but it was my goal this year to um, sort of January, February to get everything into paperback. Sure. So I'm pretty sure – I. I might not be quite right, but I'm pretty sure everything is now in paperback, um, which is awesome. That's um, great. Yeah. So, and I've just signed a deal with um, Tantor Media to do the first three books in the Nevermore series in audiobook, which will be my first ever audiobooks, um, and I'm really, really excited about that. That's great. Well, um, I know a lot of writers are also big readers. I was wondering, um, have you read any books, fiction or nonfiction lately, that you would recommend? Oh, I read so many things. Um, so, what have I been reading? So, I'm just reading, at the moment, um, a kind of a gothic horror novel by a woman named Laura Pussell, and it's called The Corset. And Laura wrote this book a couple of years ago called The Silent Companions, which is one of, the, I think, one of the best sort of gothic horror books that's come out in the last, you know, since The Woman in Black, really. It was amazing. And so this is the, this is her second book, and I'm so, I've only got a couple of chapters in it, and I'm so excited. Um, and I just, re, I've just finished, um, there's a really amazing reverse harem author named C.M. Stunnage. And she wrote that she's been writing this series called the Rich. I think it's called the Rich Boys of Burberry Prep, and it's a, a you know set in a high school, um, and it's one of these bully romances. So um, the the harem that the main character collects, um, some members of it you know used to bully her, and then she gets revenge on them, and in the process of getting revenge, they all fall in love, and it's it's quite. It's a bit dark and it's a bit twisted, but it's really, really fun. Um, so I've read that. That's really cool. Um, what else have I been reading? Um, and I've been reading, because I have been writing this murder mystery series, I've been reading a lot of kind of non-fiction about things that have to go into it. So I've just finished a book called A is for Arsenic, which is um, looks at all the poisons that Agatha Christie used in her her books um and then it goes through each different kind of poison so arsenic and cyanide and strychnine and all these different poisons and then kind of talks about historical murders that have used them and how agatha christie used them and whether that was accurate and kind of the science behind how they work and it was it was super fascinating except i know far too much now about how to poison people (laughs) (laughs) great well, again, we've been speaking with Steph Green, author of many novels under the Stephanie Holmes name, as well as novels published under S.C. Green. So go grab a copy of Steph's novels. They're available on all the major ebook platforms. And Steph, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about.
As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C O R I E N T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.